1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I got to tell you, I didn't see the Colts getting seven into the Pro Bowl, and I didn't see them leading the NFL in players named to the Pro Bowl. We'll go over the seven. How many are going to be available this Christmas night in Glendale, Arizona, against the Cardinals? This is Breakfast with Kent. For Thursday, December 23rd, 2021, we're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. Call him. Make him your dentist today. 317-849-2933 is the number. So who is named to the Pro Bowl? DeForest Buckner, Ryan Kelly, Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore, Quentin Nelson, Luke Rhodes, the long snapper. Nice, kind of put the Colts over the top. He's the guy who is the seventh. Other teams got six. Luke Rhodes put this team to seven, leading the NFL. An eight and six team leading the NFL with seven pro bowlers. That's something. And then, of course, Jonathan Taylor. I think that a Colt got snubbed. I think that's Braden Smith. How many times have we talked about Braden Smith this year? None, maybe. You know why? Because he's doing his job well. Offensive linemen, we don't talk about a lot unless they do their jobs really, really poorly. How many times did we talk about Julian Davenport? His name came up often early this season when Braden Smith was hurt, when uh, Quentin Nelson was hurt, when Eric Fisher wasn't yet ready to play because of that Achilles tear in his rehab. We talked about that guy quite a bit. That's how offensive linemen are discussed. More often than not, we haven't talked about Braden Smith like at all. He has been an immovable object at the right end of that offensive line. And if an alternate is named at right tackle, I hope that it would be Braden Smith. Which brings us to hard knocks. I, I think that one of the reasons that so many Colts were named to the Pro Bowl is there is so much increased awareness of this team and the players on it because of Hard Knocks on HBO, the first in-season edition of Hard Knocks, which is, is usually a distraction. It's usually one of those things that kind of reveals what's wrong with a franchise instead of what's right with it. The cameras tend to go toward conflict, and the cameras can create conflict. Not with this edition of Hard Knocks. I watched the episode last night, my God. If you're watching Hard Knocks on HBO and you're not a fan of the Indianapolis Colts, no matter where you live, I don't know what you're looking at. I absolutely love this team. After years in that locker room, not since COVID, obviously, you see really, really good dudes, right? And I have great appreciation for the offensive linemen, for Darius Leonard, for Kenny Moore. George Odom is an awesome guy to talk to. So is Naheem Hines you got a lot of really, really good guys in that locker room, and that only scratches the surface. Bobby Okereke, really interesting guy to talk to. There are bunches of guys on this team that are fun to talk to and make you feel good about the Indianapolis Colts. But my God, Hard Knocks has revealed that this is a a completely selfless team. They're supportive. They're self-critical. They're decent. They're energetic. They're everything you would want. An NFL franchise to be that you root for. And that's what the Colts are and have been revealed to be. And, and again, we saw it, we talked about it yesterday because it was in the preview for last night's hard knocks. But my goodness, Jonathan Taylor, and you've come to understand over the first few episodes and in hearing him in media, he didn't like to talk about himself. I don't think that uh, it was easy for him to tell Carson Wentz that he looked back to find out if the coaches wanted him to go down or run into the end zone with that game-sealing final touchdown. But he did. And I think it reveals, number one, the way he is present in the moment at a level that almost nobody running the football in the NFL is, and that he's modest, that he doesn't need this... That touchdown was uh, needed for him to continue his streak of, of touchdowns in games, right? I think he's up to 11, which is awesome. One of, I think, five guys in the history of the NFL who have run for 11 touchdowns, or, uh, touchdowns in 11 consecutive games within the same season. This weekend, he can get it to 12 and become like one of two or one of three. That was on the line. What's he do? Instead of thinking about that streak, he's looking back at Frank Reich and the coaching staff to try to figure out whether they're going like this, you know, get down, get down, so they can run the clock out and win that game 20-17 to instead of or 27-17. What an awesome guy, and what a great uh, example for people, you know, it, and it's really important for people who watch those games, and who pay attention to the Colts, primarily in Central Indiana, to get a great example of how to behave as you play these games when you're in high school or when you're in youth football. We see it all the time with basketball. How many players' attitude? How many kids, twelve-year-olds, have become whiny basketball players because they've watched this current NBA product? You know, every single foul you got, guys like, what did I do? Whether, I mean, they club the guy. They grab a, like a club off the bench and hit a guy over the head. And a referee calls a foul, and these guys are like, what? What did I do? And so you've got a bunch of guys playing youth basketball and high school basketball who are in the what did I do class of basketball players. It's terrible. What did Peyton Manning do? for football in this area. Prior to 1998, there wasn't a hell of a lot of good high school football around here, and there weren't many recruits going to big-time schools from central Indiana. All of a sudden, Indiana is a hell of a hotbed for high school recruiting. A lot of that has to do with the example set by Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edgerrin James, Gary Brackett, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. The list goes on and on and on and on. That's what you got with the Indianapolis Colts. And Hard Knocks is peeling that back. I thought Jim Irsay was great last night, saying he was going to give the game ball to Ryan and Emma Kelly. Fantastic. and And to have the support of that franchise and those players. And we know it's business. We know guys are going to get cut. Everybody winds up cycling out of the NFL. You're not a part of the family, you know what I mean? It's a business. It's a business that tries to be a family. It's not a family that tries to be a business. And, and the Colts and their support uh, of Ryan and Emma Kelly, I, I think it's just been awesome. Tennessee hosts the 49ers tonight, and this is really important for the Colts, because if they want any chance to win the AFC South, you need the 49ers to win tonight. With a win, the Titans are 96% likely to win the AFC South. With a loss, only 71%. That leaves 29% for the Colts. If the Titans lose tonight to the 49ers and the Colts win, it's a coin coin flip. Just about 50-50 who's going to win the division. Next weekend, the Titans against the Red Hot Dolphins. The Colts will host the Raiders. If those games fall correctly, all of a sudden the Colts have an, uh, a really a significant likelihood to win the AFC South. Uh, 49ers have won five of their last six. They are 5-2 and two on the road. The Titans have lost three of their last four. This is a big game for the 49ers too. 49ers win their chances to go to the playoffs 94%. If they lose, it's only 69%. So this is a big game. For San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo, and for me, I've resisted the man crush for the, uh, the graduate of Eastern Illinois University. However, for three hours tonight, I am going to be the biggest fan of Jimmy Garoppolo in the history of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Taylor Luan, Roger Saffold, starters on the offensive line for the Titans, they're going to be out tonight. The weather, 49 degrees, partly cloudy, so not entirely unlike San Francisco. Indiana basketball won last night. They beat Northern Kentucky 79-61. I went on a little bit of a screed last night after the game. I was not happy with the way Indiana played the second half. And the reason I wasn't happy, it's got nothing to do with my allegiance to Indiana University or my emotional investment in that program. What it is, is when you're 20, when you're 19, you think things are going to last forever. And you think that, you know, the next game's a week away, right, against Appalachian State next Wednesday. And and is it ever going to end? Man, all we do is play basketball. We're practicing or we're playing every single day. We're working at it. When does this end? Well, it ends soon enough. And when it ends, it's over. And competing for your university and competing with your friends comes to an end. And if you don't realize that, you will soon. And if you don't take advantage... Of the opportunity to compete together, you were going to regret that you didn't. And Indiana, in the second half last night, as they lost to Northern Kentucky in that second half, not that that matters, you don't really lose anything, but they were outscored 47-41. You saw a team that was not enjoying the process of competing together at a high level and executing at a high level. And that is a tragedy. For those players who have decided that they really didn't need to ball out last night in the second half. They made a conscious decision to not show up, not execute, and not play with energy. And that's terrible. Jordan Geronimo, three turnovers. You can't turn the ball over like that. He is indifferent to the possession of the basketball. Indiana playing against a soft zone of Northern Kentucky in the first half, Pop, 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 bucket. Pop, 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 bucket. Some great possessions. In the second half, no great possessions. Really, really bad basketball from Indiana in the second half, and that's a tragedy, frankly. Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, they were 16 of 20 from the field last night. Trace, 21 and 6, Race, 14 and 4. That 16 of 20, you remove that from the equation. And the rest of the team was 16 of 35 against a soft zone. On the other side in the second half, Indiana just didn't defend. This is a team that's going to win or going to lose based upon that second unit and its ability to play and compete. You gotta give guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. You gotta give them a break periodically. And it's gonna be like guys like Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo who who kind of pushed this team to win or drag it into losses. Parker Stewart didn't start last night, a coach's decision. He played in the second half, and I thought he played awful. I like Parker Stewart. He can shoot the basketball. Really good shooter. And this is a team that needs to shoot the basketball well to win. Parker Stewart last night was just bad. Way too many turnovers. Um... We'll see what happens against Appalachian State next Wednesday. It's Indiana's last opportunity to kind of gear up to go play in the Big Ten. That starts week after next. And if Indiana isn't ready, it could get ugly in a hurry, just like it did last year. Indiana losing that group of games, what was it, six, seven games in a row toward the end of the season, that took it out of NCAA range, led to the firing of Archie Miller. you got to you got to be willing. If you're Mike Woodson, you got to be willing to sit guys down. And he did last night with Parker Stewart. And I think Scott Dolson, the athletic director, needs to give Mike Woodson the latitude to tell guys to get bent and get the hell out. If they don't appreciate playing at Indiana, I think they should forfeit the opportunity to play at Indiana. Uh, Butler at St. John's tonight. They start Big East play tonight, 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. Pacers tonight against the Rockets, 7 o'clock at Cambridge Fieldhouse. The Rockets lost by 20 last night in Milwaukee while the Pacers rested for this game. Rockets 3-15 and on the road this season. The Pacers got to get this win. Or, you, I, I think you look to blow it up sooner than later. And by blow it up, I mean deal a starter. Not take it down to the studs. The Pacers shouldn't take it down to the studs. They got guys around whom you can build. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this December 23rd, only two days to Christmas. we got to be a little bit happier as we celebrate birthdays. The Indiana basketball discussion drags me down into the dumps. It turns me despondent. I don't want to be despondent. All right, birthdays being celebrated today. I don't even need to look at Facebook, friends, to know that this is the birthday of the great Nick Hansen in Lake Bluff, Illinois. Happy birthday to Nick. Uh, Steve Bray, former news director at Wish TV 8. Happy birthday, Brett Bowers. Happy birthday to Brett, Uh, the great Brett Bowers. Russ Sedbrook, happy birthday. The great Jim Ehrlich, happy birthday. Joseph Loy, Gordon Radford, Diane Nichols Hyde, the great Diane Nichols Hyde, and the great Amy McMahon celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Pull each other up. Be like the Colts. Pull each other up. Don't, pull, don't drag each other down. Be a force for good in the lives of others. It's the holidays. Give somebody something. If you're an investor, a sports investor, and you've won a significant amount of money over the last couple of days, know what? Share it. Be a nice guy. Why not? We'll talk to you a little bit later today inside Indiana Sports Now more about the Colts. Hoosiers. We'll preview uh, Butler, Pacers, all of that stuff. Cannot wait to talk to you then.